Hey there, Kelly Howard here, and welcome to the Fittest Freedom Podcast. Each week, I bring you what's working for myself, for my clients, plus interviews with cutting edge professionals in the health and fitness industry. We're here to help you live your best, healthiest, and most vibrant life. And so thank you so much for joining me. So I have to tell you, today is a little bit of a podcast slash rant slash soapbox. (laughs) So forgive me. But other than a movement plan, which I believe is the first place we should always start, I think that the next focus we have should be food. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a Blue Zone special that's that will talk a lot about food, everything around food, like food is health, food is fuel, food is medicine, and food is a good food lifestyle. But before we jump into the whole food as health conversation, I'd like to talk to you about what I think is the single biggest, probably the single biggest food issue at all, which is sugar. Like straight up, I am not anti-sugar. I don't think that we should never enjoy desserts, bread, a little overindulging, but we do need to face it that sugar is a thing that is affecting a lot of people's health. And we've been fed a bill of goods when it comes to all the added sugar that goes into our food. It's astronomical, quite frankly. The food industry is huge and their job is to get us to eat what they sell. Okay. They're not evil, but (laughs) they have learned out, learned that one way to get us to eat what they sell is to make it really, really tasty. So when I ask clients about their sugar intake, almost always what I get happens is they get just a little quiet and say something like, ah, it could be better. Maybe, maybe I'm having too much sugar. And so then we dive a little deeper and what usually comes out is just shame, shame around the whole sugar habit. And I am not here to shame anyone ever, especially since sugar has been shown to be as addictive as cocaine. So basically what happens with sugar is it triggers the dopamine in the brain. And that's a a neurotransmitter that is a key part of the reward circuit. It's associated with addictive behavior. So when a certain behavior causes an excess release in dopamine, you'll feel this pleasurable high that, and then you're inclined to experience that, right? So we repeat the behavior. But as we repeat the behavior again and again, or more and more, our brain adjusts and it starts to release less dopamine. So the only way to feel the same high as before is to repeat the behavior in increasingly larger amounts and frequency. So this is known as substance misuse. That's what sugar does to us. Sugar activates the opiate receptors in our brain and it affects the reward center which leads to compulsive behavior, despite negative consequences that we experience like weight gain and headaches and hormone imbalances and sleep issues and like all the things, right? So there was a research done, there was some research done on rats at Connecticut College. And it was shown that Oreo cookies activate more neurons in the pleasure center of rats, rats' brains, than cocaine does. And just like humans, they said, the rats would eat the filling first. (laughs) Funny, but tragic, right? They also found that the rats, once they became dependent, they went through the same levels of addiction that happened in the cocaine in the sugar, which was the craving, the binging, and the withdrawal. (laughs) So, so sorry, rats. But if you think about it, that's what happens to us. That's our brain on sugar. And in general, 
the average American consumes somewhere around 17 teaspoons of sugar per day. That's three times more than the American Heart Association recommends as a safe level. So we're like, we're already adding on three times and we don't even know where it's coming from in a lot of times because there are so many sugary food options and a lot of them appear to be healthy. Like, and I'm naming names here, guys. One cup of Danon low-fat vanilla yogurt, okay? Low-fat, it's yogurt. We're doing all the things right, right? Except it's like eight and a half teaspoons of sugar, and that's in a cup. And then vitamin water, once again, doing all the right things, four and a half teaspoons of sugar and vitamin water. And then sauces like ketchup, mustards, dressings, salad dressings, even balsamic vinegar. And the other day I noticed my chewable vitamins, they have sugar added. So it's the problem is, is that it's just like it's everywhere. And we don't really know that we're taking it in. And when we take it in, we're having the same results as if we were overindulging. And, and then of course, there's the long-term health benefit, benefits, sorry, <laughs> health terms effects like obesity, diabetes. I mean, it all comes from sugar overindulgence and there's a whole lot more, but we'll just start there. Okay. I don't want to like terrify people. Well, maybe I will. <laughs> sorry. So extra sugar intake, higher blood pressure, inflammation. So if your joints are bothering you, I have seen this happen again and again and again. When someone either quits eating sugar or goes crazy and you know fast for a few days, but I'm not I'm not saying go fast, okay? That's not what I'm suggesting at all. But when I see people quit or reduce their sugar, I see their pain in their joints go down tremendously. I see weight gain go away. Fatty liver disease. Like there's so many things that are even the heart, right? Heart health and cancer, they're associated sugar. So <laughs> I hope you weren't really looking forward to dessert tonight. <laughs> Sorry about this. But, but let's take it one step further because now it really comes home to me. Refined carbohydrates cause um, spikes in blood sugar, which is exactly the same actions that we're experiencing with sugar. So it leads to that crash, which triggers hunger and leads to food cravings. And, and at the top of it all, all these things that we're craving have no, they've got no essential nutrients. I mean, they're basically empty calories. And so you've got the refined carbs and the sugar. They're the ones that a lot of times are comfort food, the ones that we crave, the ones that I crave. Um, tell you, my favorite food in the world is pasta. I have to limit it because I notice that my body doesn't deal well with it like it used to. So pasta, fries, pizza, white bread, and then all the sugary treats. So, all right. Am I, off my, am I off my soapbox? Maybe, maybe not. Let me just go back through really quick. Like, think about this from sugar. And I'm not telling you to never eat sugar again, okay? I'm going to suggest that we do an experiment. So this is not about never enjoying desserts again. But I just want you to think about what happens and that even when you're not purposely choosing sugary desserts, if you aren't paying attention to labels and the kind of foods you're eating, you're still getting the same results. 
as having the sugary desserts. So it's the weight gain and the brain fog and the sleep and even depression. Okay. Lack of energy, loss of willpower, loss of willpower, like immediately. And then all the other illnesses that, you know, I've already gone over, including cellular aging. It, it's been shown that sugar will actually accelerate telomere shortening, which increases cellular aging and teeth. Of course, we all know this kidneys, gout, dementia, Alzheimer's, all the things. So try this, just try this. Okay. Try a sugar freedom experiment. And the way the experiment works is first, it's an experiment. And the reason it's, the reason it's an experiment is because if you tell your, your body and your brain, quite frankly, that you're going to quit sugar for a month. Your brain's going to be like, to hell with you. I, I had one of my one of my clients that um, came and we were doing a sugar freedom month. And so there's there's a whole bunch of people on the call. I don't remember. I'll make something up. It was like 20, 30 people on the call. So we're all on the call and we're talking about, you know, how we're going to do this and what what we need to do. And and all of a sudden, this one person, her eyes, like she looks at me and her eyes get big and she's like, wait a second, 30 days, a month. I thought this was two weeks. I'm not doing this for a month. <laughs> what happened was, and this was a cool thing, the cascading effect of good that ended up happening in that particular person's life was literally life-changing, life-changing. Like she changed so many habits that she'd been wanting and wishing to change for years with that one little experiment. And she was willing to try the 30 days after, after she, after she blew up, she settled down and she said, okay, you know, I'll try the 30 days, but I'm not, I am not committing. I'm like, that's okay. It's an experiment. So keep that in your mind. This is an experiment. So awareness is one of the most important pieces. You want to start being aware of what's going on. You want to be aware of when you eat it, how does it impact your energy? When you eat it, how does it impact your sleep? Or when you don't eat it, how does it impact your energy in your sleep? How do you feel when you wake up in the morning with or without? Like just start getting aware. And we'll talk about triggers in a minute, but you just really have to start like thinking about um, things that are going to, to change and be different if you're following the experiment. So first thing, start reading labels. And then you want to create a runway prior to starting. The reason you have a runway is if you just said, you listen to this and you go, hey, tomorrow I'm going to go, I'm going to do a sugar-free experiment for 30 days. Well, there's a few things that, that might not be set up properly for you. One of them is you may have junk in the house that you need to get rid of. There may be ice cream containers in the um, freezer, and that's your that's your kryptonite that you need to get rid of. Not eat, ditch. <laughs> you want to start um, purchasing good food options, all right? And we we talk a lot about good food options in sugar freedom, but just so you know, like top of mind, of course, um, complex carbohydrates. Uh, you know the beans, the legumes, and you know all of, all the good ones. You want to have things like, I don't know, fruit. There's nothing wrong with fruit. Fruit in minimums, not maximums. Fruit in minimums. Um, lots of vegetables, good proteins, all the things that we know we need to be eating. Those are the things that you should be bringing in. Another thing is, is that you also want to look at if you have a partner who lives with you, 
what are they what do they have in the house and how are you going to deal with it so this particular person that i was talking about earlier one of the things was was that her partner has the most atrocious eating habits you've ever heard of in your life and he would just bring all the junk food in like all the junk food from the chips to the cheetos to the ice cream to the candy to the i don't know what else like all the stuff so he didn't want to even attempt to do an experiment it was in his world he didn't he was not interested so what she did was we started looking at like how do you handle this so she took one cabinet in her kitchen took everything out of it put all of his junk <laughs> all the junk in the cabinet and then as far as she was concerned that cabinet didn't exist right she closed the cabinet she never looked in there again and there was one rule in the house and that was if he put any junk in the real cabinet like the real pantry then she threw it away and didn't take long <laughs> a couple of bags of cheetos in the trash and that was the end of that so you have to think about how you're going to handle if you're not living alone the other people in your life dealing with their stuff um and when i'm talking about their stuff right now i'm talking about their physical like if they eat junk food or whatever it is so then you also need to have some alternatives to what you typically snack on um what you typically eat if you're triggered um what you typically like go to your go-to stuff so there's could be something as simple as maybe a tea ritual like that's one of mine is is that i buy nice tea i use a nice cup i you know it becomes kind of a it's a it's a break right it's it's literally a break in the usual so it stops me it gets me recentered and then i can just be like oh i'm going to enjoy this tea um maybe one really good piece of really good dark chocolate if you're just like totally in on it um breathing exercises going for a walk i mean there are a lot of soothers out there and and this is just like a couple of them but but start thinking about things that you would enjoy that could break up that um <laughs> that addictive response that we have and remember it's an experiment in an experiment you need support so find like some friends who will be in on this with you uh come join us in sugar freedom whatever it is find a way to have some support and to have accountability accountability is a big one um i've seen i've seen in our in in sugar freedom we do accountability via text i have never seen so many texts ever ever on anything i do except during sugar freedom texts fly people will be somebody will be like Oh my gosh, I'm walking down the aisle with the candy bars or whatever it is. And so the somebody would be like, "Get out of there. Stop that. Go do something else." And it's just like sometimes when you when you when you ask for just a little bit of clarification, not even clarification that I don't know what to do, but clarification like, "Hey, I need somebody to have my back." That's where accountability comes in. And that's where community and camaraderie come in. I think those are the biggest pieces that if you do sugar freedom with us that you get because like you've got you know someone's has your back and if you're all alone sometimes it's just a matter of like night white knuckling it right and then the next one is you need to know your triggers okay you need to understand and start conquering triggers so triggers are triggers are the things that make you want to indulge okay a lot of times it triggers are they're like the um time of day 
They can be location-based. They can be um, event-based. They can be person-based. <laughs> there's there's a lot of different things. Like literally when I was making the notes for this uh, podcast, um, I get a call. Phil's up in Canada visiting his parents. And so it's him and his mom and his dad is in the hospital having a little procedure. So they're on the phone, they're on speakerphone with me. And the whole time they're like, crunch, 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 crunch. And I'm thinking, hmm, that doesn't sound like carrots, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> and eventually his mother says, you know, I'm so stressed that I'm just really, I'm just eating all the cookies. <laughs> and I just laugh because that's what happens, right? Stress is one of those triggers that just makes us step out and do things. So when you understand your triggers, a couple of things happen. One of them is awareness, right? So you understand what your triggers are, and we have a lot of different triggers, okay? But once you know your triggers, then you know to take action before it happens. And we've got a lot of tools that you can use. Um, some of them are like just awareness. I've said that word a thousand times in this podcast, but it's true. Like awareness is one of them. Breathing, like just stopping and saying, okay, before before I dive into the bag of cookies, I'm going to do seven deep breaths, inhales and exhales. A lot of times you're just settling your nervous system when you do that. And that is enough to stop it. Okay. Like a lot of times it's just like a simple breathing exercise. And I don't know if you can hear it right now, but <laughs> my dog's right next to me and she's, she's having a breathing exercise. She's snoring away. But yeah, like a simple breathing exercise, um, using your soothers, trying something like EFT. So EFT is called emotional freedom technique. Um, and it's another way of calming your nervous system. Like there's so many tools you can try. But once again, the biggest piece is to recognize when you're being triggered and have a way around it. I had a client one time who um, she said that she just couldn't help it. Every afternoon, she would have something out, like some sort of thing, dessert thing out of the vending machine. So the vending machine would have donuts and I don't know, all those things in there. And she would go past it because at lunch, she'd drink water because she knew she was supposed to drink water. So then it's after lunch, she's having a little bit post no lump, lunch slump. And so now she's got to go to the restroom. She's got to go pee. She goes to the restroom. She goes right past the vending machine. And to get to the restroom, now everything's triggered. And she comes back with one of these things out of the vending machine. So what we figured out was, why not find a way to get to the restroom that doesn't include going past the vending machine? <laughs> Sounds simple, right? But we don't think like that. We we don't. We're creatures of habit. So what we did was we we laid out literally a way that she could get to the to the restroom, completely avoid the vending machine, going to and fro. Ended up taking her like five minutes to walk there and back instead of two minutes like before. So now she's getting a little bit of a break from her sitting at her desk, and she's no longer being triggered by the visual of seeing that vending machine with all the stuff in it. So a lot of this is just thinking, <laughs> okay, I can't help it. Thinking outside of the vending machine, right? Like thinking outside of the box, how are you going to do this? So remember, this is an experiment. And when you're ready, just remind your mind that it's an experiment. So then it's no longer scary. It is a bit harder to do by yourself, but 
you can do it. Okay. If you have a partner, you're going to need to deal with their junk. However, you're going to do that, a junk cabinet or whatever it is. And then what happens after this? Okay. Let's just talk about this for just a second. So let's say you do do 30 days without sugar. Then what happens next? So what happens next is what I like to call maintenance. And maintenance is some people continue going sugar-free. Most do not. Okay. Like 99% of the people who do sugar freedom, they don't say, okay, I'm done. Never going to do sugar again. Instead, they'll go into maintenance phase. And maintenance phase is when you continue to use these things that we're talking about, but you're not as restrictive. So over the course of maybe the next six months, what I'll see is typically people have dropped about 50% of their sugar intake, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, but somewhere around 50%. And then let's say that they do another sugar experiment, sugar freedom with me or a sugar experiment on their own, whatever it is, they do another one. And now their sugar intake is down by another 50%. So now they're at somewhere around 25% of where they were initially. And a lot of times people will, you know, they'll kind of bring some of it down or else if they notice that they're starting to increase their sugar intake, they just bring it back. And it's all because we've broken the addiction cycle and we've given ourselves awareness. So it's a big, big change. Okay. It's a big change and it's a big shift in our health. So some of the things that clients have told me have happened. One of them, I have a client who in about seven months, she lost around 30 to 40 pounds. I don't remember exactly what it was. She had decided that she needed to do something like this. She did it. She dropped that weight, but it wasn't just about the weight because at that point, she started doing some really extensive exercise, like really extensive exercise. And now she's like, she is like a rock star goddess out there. And it's all because she just made a line in the sand, right? I have another client who in the 30 days, she lost five inches overall, which is quite a bit, right? But this is not, this is not really about, I mean, it's a little bit about weight and inches, but really like it's about health. So everyone tells me they have better sleep, less brain fog, better gut health. That's a big one. And I had one client who said her doctor asked her what she was doing because her blood work was so extraordinarily improved. And it's just like the thing, it adds up, it adds up. And it's really actually, in a lot of ways, kind of a precursor to our next, our next podcast episode about the blue zones. So, all right. I have one final tip for you when we come back from the break. I met the coolest woman recently on one of the free fitness strategy calls. She said she'd been on my newsletter for almost a year and had never booked a strategy call despite clicking on the quote unquote, book a strategy call link like a million times. That was her words, not mine. When we finished talking though, she told me how incredibly relieved she felt. She now had a direction and the know-how she'd been missing. You know what? That made my day. I love doing these calls. Most weeks I can leave space on my calendar for about five free 20-minute strategy calls. If you grab one of those spots, like my new friend did, you'll finish that call with clarity on how to change your health and your fitness. Sometimes new clients come from these calls. Sometimes new friends come from these calls. And sometimes one call is the breakthrough that somebody needs. So why not try doing something different this year? 
To get a complimentary strategy session, go to fitisfreedom.com slash plan. Once again, fitisfreedom.com slash plan. I can't wait to meet you. So here's what I'd like you to do. I want to give you four really easy steps to follow. Do this on your own. Join us in Sugar Freedom, whatever works for you. But these are the steps that you can start with. One, start reading labels. Labels, I mean, like become crazy about labels. Even better if you can find yourself consuming very few things with labels. But pay attention to labels. Create a runway, okay? You need that runway so that it feels like you're setting yourself up to win. You're not just throwing yourself into the lobster pot. Remember to treat it like an experiment. If you were to treat this like an experiment, what would you do, right? When it's an experiment, your brain gets curious. And a curious brain is a really, really good brain. That's the kind of brain you want to have on your side. Because when, when we get curious, our brain comes up with its solutions. It becomes a solution brain. And then also, do you have someone who you could find that would be supportive of you for this? So remember, sugar freedom means something different for everyone. But when you do learn to manage it, you'll find that not only will you lose that extra belly weight, you're going to sleep better, you're going to have more energy, and you're just going to feel better in life. So this is an easier way than just white knuckling through um, like a less sugar option. I would love for you to join me if you can, but either way, let's make this a way of life and less of a reaction to everything that comes our way in life. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for staying around to the end. I truly appreciate you. I have a question. Have you picked up your copy of my new book, Fit, Active and Ageless for Life? In this book, you're going to learn to go from maybe I'll start next week to achieving long-lasting fitness consistency for a lifetime. Part one is going to help you understand how to change your approach to your fitness so it doesn't feel like one of those all or nothing options. Part two gives you the exact step-by-step formula that I use that allows me to do everything I love to do from waking up refreshed and feeling great with tons of energy to biking, hiking, kayaking, and paddle boarding, and so much more. This is also the plan I use to help clients to create their life-changing fitness. And part three is going to teach you how to get and stay motivated, to find and create accountability and community, and to keep moving forward even when you don't feel like it, because it happens to all of us. So you can find the book on Amazon by simply searching for Fit, Active and Ageless for Life, or go to fitisfreedom.com forward slash book, and you can grab it there. And by the way, there are some very cool bonuses that come with your book that you are not going to want to miss. And here is what one reader just wrote to me. I saw myself in so many of the stories. My fitness and outlook on my future has changed so much that my friends are shocked and I'm ready for more, more play, more fitness, and more fun. Thank you so much. So there you go. Grab your coffee, enjoy, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.